words. Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Dear Lord, that was amazing. <laughs> yay! Yay! Yay, Josh Kahn! They know you have an audience. No, this yeah. is very exciting. This is at the end of Pam Dass' Comedy Clubhouse. It has, it, uh, there's um, there's like 18,000 people that subscribe on the iTunes. And so we're they, taking requests. So they get the so. RSS feed, and it just like loads every time. So they never know what they're going to get, but this time they got Josh Kahn. But can you... <laughs> When are you gonna come down? When are you going to land? Should have stayed on the farm, should have listened to my old man. You know you can't hold me forever. I didn't sign up for you. I'm not a present for your friends to open. This boy's too young to be singing the blues. Shit. Blue. Fuck. Shesh. The blues. Ah. There it is, sorry. Ah. Still not right. Sorry, 18,000 iTunes listeners. Let's start that over. So goodbye, your yellow brick road Where the dogs of society howl You can't plant me in your penthouse I'm going back to my plow I'm back to the howling old owl in the woods Hunting the honey back tone Yes, I finally decided my future lies Beyond the yellow I said, What do you think you'll do then? A bit that'll shoot down your plane. Take you a couple of vodka and tonics to get you on your feet again. Placement. There's any like me to be found at Mutiny Radio. Hound dog that ain't got a 
penny Searching for tidbits like you On the ground ah, So goodbye, your yellow brick road Where the dawns of society howl You can't plant me in your penthouse I'm going back to my plow I'm back to the howling old owl in the woods Hunting the honey back toad, toad, toad Yes, I finally decided my future life Beyond the yellow brick road ah, Shit ah, I'm pretty drunk The amazing Josh Kahn! Do it. Get. Yay! And all the clapping. I'm going to fuck up all your favorite songs. No, that was beautiful. I was like dancing in here. Here we go. Here's one that I can fuck up real good. Oh, play this Told Me Closer, Tony Danza. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Please, please, please. Hold me closer, Tony Danza.
Josh Kahn, you are a genius. You're a genius. And, and, and yeah. with, with the ability to do this all a cappella, just you and the silence, just creating musical rhythms from every angle with your voice and the piano and earlier the electric guitar, it's mystifying. <laughs> Josh, could you you want to do anything with drums? You want any drum instrumentals? You want to go crazy with some drums in the back? I mean, we got the technology. I mean, sure. What do you want? Anything. Sam you know just, Buddy Rich? Sam just wants to put on some rap background so he yeah, can rap. Yeah, my time just tell he me wants to do his I ask, No, I ask J.W. Blunt to do this for me all the time, which is like play any instrument to Buddy Rich's drums. I really want to see if it can be done. You want Buddy Rich on the drums, Josh? Let's do it. Yeah, pipe it in here. Just make sure it's loud enough. Yep. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. I got you, I got you, Josh. It's like a simple beat up. Yep. All right. This is like he needs John, a little pocket. Can you like give John him some Bonham pocket? Can you give him some pocket right. drums? You yeah, know, like when you just play the pocket, like quiet, just play the pocket. You want a little bit of electric guitar to go along with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just beat. All right, just beat. I'll be all right, all right. Are we sure people haven't moved in upstairs? Yeah, yeah, they move in tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Josh. Josh, this is going to be very grooving. This okay, is going to be very grooving groove for you. Groove me, baby. You, want, you, you ready for the groove? Groove me, baby. All right, groove it. Sweaty hands, some kind of solitude. 
give him a ranger. He'll go one on one. Watch out. He'll fuck your face. His name's Josh God. He's got some not racist jokes. <laughs> I was gonna say. He's a clean man behind the mic in the stand. Crank it. Okay. No, you have so okay. many talents, I can't run. Mix up you. the beat, mix up the beat, Josh. Now just turn it up. Alright. Turn it. the beat up. I'm deaf. When you were before, couldn't look you in the eye. Just like an angel Skin makes me cry Flow like a feather In a beautiful world So fucking special Wish I was special I'm a creep <laughs> I'm a The hell am I I don't belong here Wanna have control Want a perfect body Want a perfect song Want you to notice Where I'm around You're so fucking special Make my burger special <laughs> Cause I am a cream But I'm a wizard What the hell am I doing here? And I'll be loud Dad, <laughs> I'm in your room now, but I'm changing. What the hell am I doing here? I don't know, Dad. You're drunk. No, I'm not. I don't belong here. Dad, I made you four makers and jacks tonight. It's not even a I'm soda a in that. Hey, son, I'm a creep. Why you like mixing makers and jack, Dad? This is abnormal. A <laughs> I feel like I'm someone's gonna blackmail me with this. <laughs> Dad, who is the tennis coach that comes over to our house? Mom doesn't even play tennis. Me too. Son, you better shut up. You 
better not tell your mom on the gay porn that I look at while she is with a friend. His name's Jose. Everyone's canceled. Everyone's canceled. He walks around the house naked. Yay! Look, we made a song. Yeah, we. That was his neck. You see how far we? we, You see how far Josh Khan went with that before we got weird. That's yeah. You got to go pretty far to get me to feel. I know you. You you being weird made me go weird, Josh. Just want you. Just want to let you know. You topped me in more ways. You were talking to me in that. I'm sorry. I I was so turned on being the dad in your little room. He topped. You topped me in more ways than one. Yeah, he. That's a pun about butt sex. And that also works with dads. Oh my god. Can you imagine a dad bottom? That would be weird. You know. You know. Hey, twelve-year-old kids. I have a fact. Thumb your limp limp dick into my ass. Like how does that work? Josh, you like those drum beats? I, I like that beat. That was cool. We can switch it up, too. You know, they polled a bunch of straight white men, and they were asked, if you were gay, would you be a top or a bottom? 95% of them said top. Really? Straight really. Men. Straight men did. Really, straight men yeah, said they they'd be a they top. Yeah, they figure they can just pretend that it's a vagina. But in the gay world, tops are valued, because in the gay world, everyone's a bottom, according to my A gay top roommate. comes with the apartment. Really? That's kind of the thing there. That's included. No deposit, just included. Coming from the economic what if, what if I just trash it? What if I just it leave has, it in way worse condition than I found him? So it absolutely makes sense or that her you use equality. your sexuality for cash. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm celibate. I celibate and I give a little bit away. Ah, we should make prostitution. That leads us into our our, uh, our next little riff here. We're gonna switch up the drum beat a little bit. We're gonna give this guy what he has always wanted. Just more groove rock. It's more groove rock. Stalling black 
Sam Carroll has a heart-shaped box. I got a box-shaped heart, son. It's irregular. It beats palpalletically. I'm getting hot. Yeah, you want me to talk more about my my box? Yeah. I think it's appropriate. <laughs> it's it's it's, a, it's got warrants on it. It's fun. It's lots of fungi. Yeah. Fungi. I'm a scientist. I say okay, fungi. Sam Carroll's got some cheese down on his taint. My taint, y'all. I don't know what exactly Sam Carroll is, but I know what he ain't. Cyclops. He's the guy that tops me when I get on grinder two or three times a year. You don't even shower before, baby. Come on. Everybody a top shower. I only shower for clients. Who do you think you are? You don't even make a lot of money. Hey, wait, I got a new complaint. Oh, ever in debt to Sam's priceless advice. I wish you would get that piano out of my room. <laughs> heart-shaped box. Like, I want to put Josh Kahn's heart in a box, and I want to mail that box to myself, and when it arrives, I want to smash it with a hammer. Because <laughs> I love him that much. Tell me when I'm out of time. <laughs>
donate to Mutiny Radio if you can hear my voice. I'm standing right behind you. Josh, I just want to congratulate you. That You just recorded our new hook for the donate at spot. <laughs> that was amazing. Dude, it's going to be like J.G. Wentworth, Cars for Kids, and me. Like can the three you, you nominees vine- for Jingle of the Year. Can you do those Vinegar Stroke sounds just one more time just so we can really nail those in? I, I definitely want to include that on the last part. Just the, oh, 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 you better donate. This is Clem Fandango. If you can just redo that one more time. Josh, that was amazing, baby. We love you in the studio. You get mad props back here. <laughs> Josh, you're so talented. Josh, we love you so much, baby. Just keep doing what you're doing. Light shampoo. Oh, light shampoo. What's on your head? On your baby's head. Johnson. No, it doesn't really work. <laughs> what? So wait, cut the beat for a second. Cut the beat for a second. I he always thought, is cut. I thought that Johnson and Johnson <laughs> should always have collaborated with Ozzy Osbourne to do the No More Tears Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo. Like, can't you just picture the commercial? Like, the kids like don't want to go to bed and they're all covered in like spaghetti sauce and mud, and the mom's chasing them around, and it's like, it's like a yeah. Na, 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 na. You know, the kids are boom, boom, doody, boom, boom, doody, boom. You want to get your cast in the back of the school. And, the, you know, it just, whatever the lyrics, and then it rounds out with. Do you play? I think this Do you is a also play idea. didgeridoo? Because there can't be an instrument that you don't didgeridoo. You know, like. I have a didgeridoo. Got, Here it is. I was didgeridoo don't like I was I was just I was trying to make a joke about how you play a billion fucking things. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, God, I just want to hop on a freight train and go nowhere. (laughs) Anyone else? Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Freight train. They go nowhere, baby. They go nowhere. Just like you and me, we're going nowhere. There's a reason they call it one night. I fuck you and you never call me again. Sorry, that was too. Was no, too when you dirty. don't get her number, it just, just works out that way. <laughs> I pretend yeah, zero not fucks. to get your <laughs> number. Zeros, ones, and ones, and zeros. I thought you were gonna call you. I call you and we never fuck again because you didn't pick up the first time. We fuck zero times. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh no. So here's the thing. Pam actually owns the studio. It's crazy. <laughs> Whoa, you own this place? Yeah. That must be such like only fun and not a huge responsibility it's... at all. You're right. You're actually so right. Sure that's, that's exactly just, how it is. I'm sure you just wake up in a lollipop bed and just shit gumdrops as you fly down here to the station. You have no cares in the world. They propel her into the heavens of which is yeah, owning a it's radio station. It's highly lucrative. <laughs> gumdrop shit. Well, you know, funny enough, I actually shit gumdrops because I only walk here to the station now, so... Walking five miles a day will actually make you shit gumdrops. I don't know if anybody knows that, but uh, working out makes your whole life. Or just, I don't know, like being... Do you work out? 
no, I walk I'm everywhere. I'm like, no, it's like, it's fucking, no one watches alone except me and now Rachel Benson. I hear, yeah, I've heard jokes. About Positive alone. mental attitude. PMA, baby. Surviving, surviving is all PMA. And no, we're not surviving. They're out in the wilderness with no water. You have to process water. What? what you, I what know, you have them? to process what water. They drop you there in the middle of nowhere. They, it, there's this show where they put you out in the middle of nowhere and you have oh, alone? Alone. alone is the best show ever. It's the best. You watch alone. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit tight for a little bit. I'm about it. I, sit tight. I got to interview Wania, the second place season six yeah. person. She was out there for yeah, 73 cool. days. I talked to her for an hour Dude, on the that's phone. That's amazing to it, just be in the same room with was, somebody who's it, done what, that. We just, we just talked on the phone, but it was amazing. That show is crazy. I asked her it's questions about masturbation. I was like, you Everybody were out there for that. 73 days, and no one's asked her that question yet. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like... So you were out there for like, it was the last question I asked her before our hour long interview. You can hear it on Mutiny Radio. And we'll I, play it after. And I was like, oh, Winia, like, um, Over some so buddy I, I told her I came to this show because um, I don't watch porn, but I um, have some fetishes. I like bearded lumberjacks. I also have a lacrimation fetish. I like to watch men cry. So alone is perfect because it's it's lumber and and i used to have an eating disorder so like watching men starve and cry in the wilderness with fucking beards is so hot to me and so i was like i came to alone as like a masturbation project and then there were girls on it and i'm like oh shit do i have to like switch team do i have to like open up, do I have to become pansexual? And I was like, all right, fine. Like, and there's wolves and you're like, whoa, I want to fuck the wolves too. But it's, it's like, what? We're in the Arctic? What? So when Nia survived for 73 days and, Dude. but I asked her about like, I was like, hey, so you, you sang the sun up every day and you danced the sun down every night. But like, did you have like sexy times or what was going on? And she was like, well, you know, in the beginning, yeah, I was communing with the earth and stuff. And then once you start starving, that just doesn't even become a thing. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, fair enough. But uh, no one had asked her that question before about masturbation. Yes, if you're a guy contestant, that's, you know, it, I, th I feel like. I don't mean to be sexist or anything, but like for a guy, it's like you know you're you're losing a lot of zinc every time, and in nature. Yeah, don't don't waste your resources. But also, what if you eat it though? But also, there's now that's a good question. You got to eat your own jizz. But Cause also, then, cause you've got a lot of people are fishing, and you could fuck a big mouth bass. Yeah. Just stick on, get right in the big mouth bass, right, Billy the big mouth get bass. Get Get it in, baby. Dude. Well, I asked. I asked Winnie questions about masturbation because I masturbate to alone, but tech, I guess the people that are alone aren't masturbating a lot. That's pretty much what came out of the well, conversation really at the end of the thing. <laughs> but no, I'm on this alone group. So um, Rachel and I are going to start this new podcast that's going to be alone in San Francisco. Like we've been dropped off here, like an Uber dropped me off. I got dropped off in the Tenderloin and I have a tarp. Oh I have a tarp and I need to find shelter. Right, I one of my ten items is a lighter because you know what? Like I don't a ferro rod. I don't know what kind of 
Anyways, if we're gonna. She's gonna be dropped off five point five miles away from me in uh, Golden Gate Park, and I'm surviving in the Tenderloin, and she's surviving in Golden Gate Park. And we're, we were going to film it, but we realized that neither of us can film anything and we have no ability for that. To, so we're like, let's do a podcast. <laughs> we could do that. You know, so if you're lost in San Francisco, like one of the things should be you like find a human shit on the sidewalk and you're like, you know, this actually gives off valuable BTUs of heat and well, the sun is setting and I need to warm myself on this if, fresh, here's on this the fresh thing. hobo dookie. Here's what I learned from a, a Boy Scout. If your poop floats in water, you can eat it again. And he knew this. I don't know. He was a Boy Scout. He was I, prepared. I <laughs> have prepared. I have learned as a Girl Scout all of the different plants that are edible. We're in San Francisco. There is uh, fennel rampant. Rampant fennel everywhere. Fennel mm, pollen delicious. that you can, let's kill. How about this? How about I kill a pigeon and I spice it with fennel. Fennel mm. pollen. Yes. Because, mm. you know, a pigeon is squab. And that's what the French people eat. <laughs> so I'm gonna get the fresh mission pigeon, and mm. I'm gonna I'm all you know what? There's fig trees. There's a fig tree right up here on 22nd and uh, Florida, and it's all on the side of their house. I'm gonna take those figs. I'm gonna murder a pigeon. I'm gonna stuff its body cavity with those figs and some like stuff like in the fennel. The fennel is right down there mm. too. I'm gonna take the fennel from the inside. I'm gonna stick it in the bird, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap. Now here's here's the Danish thing. You take the newspaper and you, which is everywhere, right? The SF gate is everywhere and sure. nobody actually reads it. People sleep on it. You Nay, you get it wet and then you wrap the bird in it with all the stuff inside and then you throw it on the fire. And when it crinkles down, the wet, the wet newspaper, when it crinkles down and it's right around the bird, you take it off and then you eat the bird. <laughs> the, I'm hungry now, man. I it's, know, right? It's great with the fennel no, and everything. No, no, it's... it's, it's Delicious. COVID's upon us and the apocalypse has been around for years. Any and I've been preparing source. since my birth. I am so ready for this shit to go down right now. And I can kill pigeons and I can denature protein over heat. All everyone's gonna die because they're gonna be like, oh my Uber debt doesn't work. I don't know how to live without a cell phone and I can't and I'm gonna be making fires and killing pigeons and eating like a fat bitch. What? Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it's time for me to survive in San Francisco. I don't need to go to the Arctic. I don't need to go there and fight wolves. Nay. Or fuck wolves. I'll fuck a wolf. No, you come say on. You want to fuck the wolves? No, I don't want to fight them. They're crazy. Okay. I hear they serve vegan pigeon at Gracias Madre. Actually. Oh dear Lord, vegan pigeon. No, you know who makes the best? It's actually tempeh. Uh, right, the best tempeh is made in uh, fucking Chinatown. At those places, they make a crazy mock chicken oh, and yeah. get it to go. It's mock crazy. Duck, mock chicken, that stuff's mm. You know where they don't make good tempeh? Tempeh, Arizona, ironically <laughs> enough. No good tempeh. I've tried every place that manufactures tempeh within the city limits. It is disgusting. Josh God, he's so quick and clever. We've all been drinking all night, and of course we haven't been because we're here at Mutiny Radio. We were cursed. We Actually, we were, but the doors were closed the whole time. We were closed to the public. Hey, I know the rules. I took the classes. We were closed to the public the whole time, and nobody. We were. It was only yes, we were. There'd be things in front of the door. It was only I know the rules. This is a private party. They're closed 
to the public. Nothing is open. It's COVID. This is not a public assembly. This is a private meeting. This is nothing. It's a private meeting. Okay, minds. well, let's have fun now. We're going to let you stop playing piano. We're going to cool. let me stop having to work this way. And we're going to play some fun. music. This was fun. This was fun. Josh Kahn, you're amazing. You're so talented in so you're many amazing, ways, Pam. and it's incredible. I love, I love you. And it's like, yay. I'm like, when am I going to read your novel, motherfucker? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, Just me. because if you were going to have another medium that you hadn't touched yet, you got a, you got some poems? You're going <laughs> to hate me. Yeah, you'll, you'll hate reading my, my short oh, stories. Oh, before we, before we end, let me do a poem. Please. I, I mentioned earlier that um, I have a beard fetish mostly because I was <laughs> raised on Jesus. And he has beard. No, he's a hot beard. He's in here. He's got a hot, oh, my God, Jesus. 33-year-old man with a beard? I mean, stop it. Praise like, him. are you kidding? Praise him. him. Does he skateboard, too? Like, get him. Mm. How high can Jesus kill I love Jesus. Okay, so this is the poem. There's a city in your beard, rows of tiny houses filled with clever pundits whispering how to live, confusing my fingers when I dig for skin, Gardening invisible bonsai. I'll keep reaching till I find your jaw, longing to rent in your ghetto. Thank you. It's a poem. It's a Ben Benjamin poem. Bow, 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 bow. I didn't expect to be all mean. Okay, so I used to write these poems and I called them my nonce. A nonce is when you write poems that are in your own specific idiom. So I was doing seven-line poems that had, so that last one, Beard, was a seven-line poem. I'll do, just do one more. I don't remember what it's called, but I remember the poem. Yeah, this was all funny because I can remember all kinds of jokes, and I can still remember all kinds of poems. So I'm like, oh, girl, your brain is so big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, like, ah! Okay. The deepest, darkest walk of shame is 13 blocks forever. 13 blocks and seven wide, your feet won't work in the door frame. All deep, smoking, praying not to brave the rain. Your doorbell's been broken for years. Oh, that one isn't as good as the first. No, I know. It's, no, it's it was, like, it's, 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 it's not, not like, better or worse. That's I'm like, just it like, made like me oh, sad. unrequited love is weird and hard and gross. Has anybody ever thrown rocks at someone's window like Bobby Brady? Because I fucking did that. Like, I fucking fucked it up. It's the middle I think some of these seven, seven line poems that me. you have should become. I didn't break the window, but I did Bobby Brady that shit. Okay, no more poems. I would anymore. do another poem, but I won't do it. Stop. We need to close this down so that I can have fun, so I don't yeah. have to be behind the board. So, I'm going to. Thank you, Josh Kahn. You're thank amazing. You, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to cut out the songy part at the end and send it to you, and it was amazing. Oh, yeah, do it. Life is good. COVID sucks. I don't know what it means. Is it real? Who cares? I got a pile of weed in front of me. All right, this is MutinyRadio.fm.sf. Bye. In Fresno, California. So the Mexican passengers' bodies were never repatriated. Some families in Mexico were notified by the Mexican government via letter. Others only heard about it on the radio. It's unclear exactly how. Let's watch a full-length movie on.
with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length Song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T podcast. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I got it. With Mike Spiegelman and Carl and Paul Brumbaugh. Hi, Paul Brumbaugh, our special guest on the show. Hey, guys. Wow, it's a blast from the past. Paul used to be our our follow-up, and it's great to have you here, Paul. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, you can, there's two ways you can listen. We are streaming first out there, and you can always donate to the station at Venmo with at Mutiny Radio. And check out their website. A lot of great shows on it. And we also have our website with the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We would love for you to subscribe. <laughs> uh, Carl, what movie are we watching today? Oh, we have a gem today. We are watching Working Trash 1990. Working Trash 1990. Now the S is a dollar sign. Whoa. There's no S in working. <laughs> oh, it's trash. You're always oh, working on my spelling. Yes, and the channel we like is called Vintage Movies, which is a pretty blasé channel, but maybe it's worth browsing. Well, you should always subscribe to the uh, channels that are hosting the movies that we like to watch. So we would like for you to type in Working Trash. Don't listen to Carl. You type in a dollar sign. Your search engine is going to explode. <laughs> Just type in Working Trash 1990, and then you'll find it. It's hosted by Vintage Movies, our new best friends. We want you to hit the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We want you to wait until our celebrity comedian countdown gives you the go ahead. Carl? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with today's comedian, Paul Brumba. Paul Brumba. Woohoo, woohoo. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> All right, guys, you know the you know the drill. Why? Because I invented it. Here we go. I'm gonna do this in three, two, none, and go. All right, I hit it on go. I went with audio, so there you go. No, that's all right. Uh, enjoy the music. It's terrible music, and it's obviously TV. You see the the, the credits. I don't know yeah. where we started in this strange 
it's not a movie as much as television. Now, this was Fox TV's first TV movie? Yeah, that's right. It was a super, super big deal. They invested a lot of money in it. Uh, now, George Carlin doesn't have a prolific movie com career like other comedians, like a uh, Richard Pryor, or uh, the list isn't in my brain right now. But or a Buddy Epson. Sorry. Or a Buddy Epson, right. <laughs> that's right. Buddy Epson, who we all know. Um Jed Clampett, maybe? Yeah, Jed Clampett, right, exactly. Yeah, but during the 80s, he always had that roly-poly dad Right. Well, we saw Michael J. Pollard. He's uh, the, isn't he like a, a scary dude? Michael J. Pollard. I guess my research didn't go as deep as him. He's like a 70s dude. Like, you look at him and you go, oh, trouble. <laughs> like he played a preacher at Oh, you mean uh, like whatever whatever part he's playing, he's a bad guy, so we already know he's going to be the bad guy? Yeah, that's right. He walks on the screen, you're like, yeah, bad guy. He did it. Late 80s George Carlin, right? Looking good. Classic, classic. Yeah, it looks like a early 2000s Paul Brumbaugh. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you wore those shirts? Had your hair down? Still wear the shirts and the shorts. <laughs> In combo. So basically what we're getting here is they have a grumbly marriage and he bets. He bets and he gets in over his head. Okay. He could have I could have married a podiatrist. I'm not doing too bad, you know, Ruthie. It's pretty good dialogue. Well, he sounds like side B of some of his albums, right? When he gets into like the embarrassing. <laughs> Look how he's losing the game right now. Damn it! I'm a comedic actor. No, he's been in a lot of good movies. He's been in the Bill and Ted movies, right? The first right. two. And he was right. in Prince of Tides. Yeah. Uh, and he was in that great movie with um, the woman from Cheers um, and Ben Miller. Was it Outrageous, outrageous Fortune? Fortune? Yeah. He was, he was really funny in that. But you're right. This is one of his total over-the-top characterizations. So a guy named No Neck is calling. You know, Ruthie, No Neck. <laughs> and he <laughs> owes him $6,000. Or he's going to get killed. Uh, he goes, yeah. he goes $6,000. And he's like, look, look Ruthie, think, that's got three zeros in it. That's 1990s money. Yeah. This is great. They haven't got off the porch once. Oh, he has a TV on his porch. Yeah, Jealous. with the rabbit ears. Yeah. They with can the get oil on them. Now, ABC. The, the wife proceeds to tell No Neck the directions to their house. <laughs> like, to go kill George Carlin. And um, the internet thinks it's important, to, and I did look it up on map on um, Google Maps. Uh, she gives the wrong directions. <laughs> That's Hollywood for you. That's why those TV movies suck. They always go the wrong direction. Right. It screws you up. Well, who's the other Fox one? It was like Hard Times on Spinner Street. Do you remember that? Where Jim Carrey was like the troubled gay son? Right. And the you're right. The, the directions in that movie were totally inaccurate. Yeah, I absolutely. found myself in Queens. Yeah. Nowhere near Spooner. Now, now, Paul, you love uh, George Carlin. 
I do. I love him. I love him beyond the grave. Yeah, absolutely. I love him. I love his family. But yeah. as you guys know, my connection to the Carlin family is through Patrick Carlin, his older brother, which is currently 89 years old. Mm-hmm. And George just had his, what would have been his 85th birthday. Uh-huh. Um, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I think so. He pops up He's the only one who's... At Scotty's, they have a poster of him. He's the only picture on the walls there that doesn't perform there. He's like, it's like to pay homage to him. And no other comedian has that. The same thing at New Yorker Pizza. I'm sure there's a Barnes & Noble collecting dust with a picture of George Carlin. New album. New annual album. Here's Ben Stiller. And then what's that guy right there? Carl, who's that guy? Yeah, that's uh, Bonk Bonk. He's our Star Trek connection. His name is Michael Pollard. <laughs> that's oh, what that's I'm Michael Pollard. Okay. That's Michael so when Pollard. I, see him, I always think of, oh, he's gonna he's not gonna be the killer. He's gonna be the goofball dude. <laughs> right. No, dude, he's he's creeper, man. It's a scary dude. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think, was he no, I was gonna say, was he in that other one with uh, Bobcat? But you couldn't have him and Bobcat in the same movie. Dude. <laughs> but yeah, out. your eyes will go nuts. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was thinking he was in Hot to Trot somewhere, but no, I'm trying to remember what movie he was in like, that I saw. He might have been. He could have been a jockey easily. So Ben Stiller's meeting the love interest, okay, and that's uh, Susan, our love interest, and. He's there to apply for the job of broker. And basically right. they're having the awkward, you know, banter. Now the thing is, Stiller's got no charisma. It just isn't working. You know, like as the audience, we're supposed to be like, you know, if we're, we're supposed to be like, I like her and I bet you I could, you know, she'd like a guy like me. And if you're a woman, you're supposed to be like, that's cool. He's, he's neat. He's cute. He's got none of that. Well, he, it's not his signature style. He's not all in black. Right. Okay, this is Homer Simpson. Dan Casanelli? Yes. Oh, we're not listening to his voice? Oh, let's do it. Here we go. Yeah. Listen to that traffic outside. Yeah, the traffic's louder. My God, he's so young. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. 1989, this was shot, and 1990, it's... Well, you can tell it's early Dan. He has at least six hairs on top of his head. <laughs> That's right. His hair's still there. Well, Look he was looking like a chimp. Yeah. They modeled Homer's hair after his. So, basically, the joke here is... You've, you've no, not quali- yeah, you don't have any qualifications to be a broker. So he's going to get started off as a janitor and work the oh. way up. <laughs> yeah, too bad. We can hear the dialogue. It goes something like, you know, like, I could see here that you haven't even done the Ben Stiller show yet. Bingo. That's right. Your run on Saturday Night Live was so short-lived. Right. Everyone knows you are straight to great to you know television. I like the Ben Stiller show. It has a couple of good things in it. 
you watch like the entirety of it and you realize like Ben Stiller just stops showing up after a while. They just have like suddenly Bob Odenkirk and David Cross on it. Oh yeah, that's right. Bob Odenkirk. Okay, so now <clears throat> we see his lowly fate. He is now a janitor with George Carlin. But he's an optimistic sort of fellow. He's going to work his way up. And now he's like, you got it? I got to make a phone call because I'm going to get killed by a mobster. So you work the buffer. And this guy's got no experience with the buffer, and that'll be our visual joke. So this is our set, big set piece. Yeah, and basically we're being set up to meet the bad guy of the movie in a, like, whoopsie-whoopsie accident, and it'll set him off on the wrong foot, you know. Thank you, director. The guy who wrote this, we're Whoopi Goldberg fans. The guy who wrote this, yep. one of them, uh, wrote Eddie. Um, in oh, the, the, the good one, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a manager. Now George Carlin's like, look, you see, it's like a woman. You gotta keep control. You give it a whirl. What? Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This movie was made in what what year? But they, you know, those buffing machines were still out of, you know, out of sort back then, out of style then. When you have a they're doing, they're doing it. He's doing it in a crowded uh, hall. Oh, the comedy's in the background. You have to squint your eyes. Right up front, it's like he's calling a guy at the track. He needs six thousand dollars. He'll hang up on him. Hello, hello. You know. Yeah. Here comes bad guy. Oh, look how bad. Cobra Kai, all the way. Oh yeah, he's so Cobra Kai. He's been walking down this hallway menacingly. You think you can bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Whoa! Hey, I read the script. You're ba get off me, moron. You knocked my script off. I really liked your part in the script when you called me a jerk. Get, give me my papers, bozo. That's my script. So, uh, yeah. Hang on, hang on. Got to sort through my papers. He goes, ah, that was a senior vice president. At least you're meeting all the right people. Bing, bing. I love how George Carlin uh, just saunders in with his hands in his pocket. Like, he's already got the look down. Yeah. He's a saunterer. Saunterer. Okay, what kid, I want to show you my off button. You have an off button, Mr. Carlin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is George Wallace, our comedian. Yay, look, look how tall. And young. I, just, I would look at him right now. I think he's dead. He was on last week, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Have you met him before? No, I uh, I did an uh, improv show where he was the next week's act, so I saw, like, film uh, clips on the wall. <laughs> I met him at Comedy Day, whatever, four years ago. Oh, cool. Okay, now this is... Uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, henchwoman. Oh, Mindy Sterling, right? Yeah, Mindy Sterling. She was born in Patterson, New Jersey. Big shout out. Yeah, I can't even. I I think I only have like a two word impression of her. Bye -bye! 
right? Or, or <laughs> can you do that again, Paul, and say Scott? Call Scott. Yeah, call Scott. No, that's that's <laughs> more like Odenkirk or something. Anyway, but no, yeah. Lucky was, um, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off because I know you're a fan of that. So Raven, she was the volleyball <laughs> court coach. Yeah, Oh, I must have missed that season when, when Raven was playing volleyball. That's like completely clueless. Is that canon? Oh, that's so Michael. Okay, so like a dang yeah. He okay, he's in hot he's in debt for six thousand dollars. So he's like, Can you help me out? And like basically like he's got like two hundred and eighty dollars now. So he goes, It's a start. He just knows he's gonna die. <laughs> This is set up that something shady is going on at the firm and involves bad guys. Gotcha. And also the director's making us hate him because he's telling Homer Simpson, get out of here. You, you, you know, I can't think with you around. I took a glance at the director's uh, filmography and uh, I was proud to say he directed uh, uh, the last police academy. Mission to Moscow, 1994. One of the gonna, worst ones, but yeah. I was going to bring that up because you really love that movie. I love those movies. That's, that's the one I don't really like, but uh, I have to give him credit for it. You know. Well, he didn't write it. He just directed it, but he, he yeah. directed Back to School with Dangerfield. Wow, well, that's a classic. And my favorite credit of his is The Winds of Whoopi, which is that Steve Martin special. <laughs> With Whoopi Goldberg? No, it was, there was The Winds of War. It was a mini right. And so he did The Winds of Whoopi, you know, it was TV. It was TV back then. So it was Whoopi with the IE. No, it, it was Steve, Steve it was Martin that. special. Yeah. But you would like to make it whoopy just because of the word whoopy. Yeah. They couldn't they couldn't use the word sex. The winds of sex. Okay. Now here's Jed Clampett, and he is the top, top, toppity top of the firm, and he's family with our bad guy. And basically there's a guy on the phone all excited for the his firm's working with this firm, and he's sleeping. It's the old patriarchal figure yes and that's the joke um i'll play a little audio because he has the first funny line of the film i'll bet you know why start carl what's that why start why start being funny yeah <laughs> okay so there's this evil shredder okay and the shredder like is possessed by the devil or something in the other room and so she's having a lot of hard lot of trouble with it um and, and it's a paper shredder not a right. not the shredder from teenage mutant ninja turtles right? exactly. oh exactly yeah i appreciate that i was like why would shredder from teenage mutant ninja turtle be there without you know bebop rocksteady <laughs> rocksteady okay well, so paper. yeah it's it, it's 1989 
He has no computer on his desk. Computer on his desk? No, uh, he has phone. He's a CB radio. <laughs> right. Steam powered CB. Runs on Steam. Right. Yeah. Got a pterodactyl. Wisecracking pterodactyl. Okay. Here it is. He's got this thing for the shredder that's hot. Looking forward to this. He made this before Mission to Moscow. Oh, he did? Yeah, I mean, 89 and Mission to Moscow 94. Did you catch his line? Good, good, something, something. Oh, oh well. Oh, well. We tried. <laughs> we tried, Carl. Well, it's the first funny thing in the movie. That, that's all. Jed Clampett saves the day like he's got like a bunch of funny lines, you know. I mean, that isn't to say George Carlin isn't funny, but it's like we know what we're seeing. And I don't know. It was the first time you were surprised. He goes, oh, that thing almost bit my hand off. And he goes, good, good. <laughs> we paid enough money for it. Uh, that's that's right. That's right. Feed Buddy Ups in the funny lines. <laughs> that guy can tell a joke. Yeah. Jesus, look at Ben Stiller. Button your your jacket, your button. So this is the scene in which those two like each other, you know. He, yeah. You know, the lowest janitor and the highest, C, you know, chairman of the board or whatever he is, become good friends. Hey, you want a stogie? Here, I'll just steal some from my corporate box. <laughs> The uh, Stiller didn't just throw out his cigar. He ashed it out and saved the, the remainder of the cigar. And he's like, you just saved me 35 bucks there, son. Wow, that's like how many bits? If it's <laughs> yeah. two quarters, it is like 35 times four. Yeah, that's a lot of bits. He just said just now, he goes, you know, smoking's bad for you, sir. And he goes, I'm 85 years old. Nothing bad for me, son. He's he's the funniest comedic actor in this thing. It's amazing how they had to throw that no smoking in there. You can't go five minutes without that. They're robbing people's money, Carl. Isn't that a bigger crime? Than a cigar? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. So this movie, yeah. Right now he's saying like, "What do you think of precious metals, sir?" And he goes, "I like softer music." Precious metals. <laughs> What's precious metal, Dido? Well, it's like commodities trading. Yeah. There's currency exchanges, there's precious metals, there's pork bellies, there's oil it's futures, soybeans. there's soybeans. Soybeans, yeah. Soybeans. Pork belly is actually a commodity. Mm -hmm. But I've seen trading places. Oh, frozen. Yeah, that's where I got everything from. So they're looking through the trash and they're like, what secret well, plan on earth? It's like, oh, so you're interested in uh, love interest, eh? You've got to be a garbologist. Now they're learning she likes the band U2. She bought it at Tower Records. He likes cheese danishes. She went to Harvard Business School. Huh. And Sounds then like they're going to find, well, I better wait till it's done.
Oh, what, like a bloody... Agadaz, a used condom. Wait, hold on. No, Mike, yeah. this isn't a real movie. That would happen in a real movie, right? Right, they find like a bloody handkerchief or something. Right. That, and we'd hear the music. That's intriguing. Not this one. Put that away. Looks like I has a red cap. Boo. We want yeah, to speak to your it's, it's Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wait. Yeah, it's well, a side job. He's our Star Trek connection. Yeah, I know. And he was in the original series. Um, the His big line was, bonk, 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 bonk. And Captain Kirk goes, no more bonk, bonk. Do you guys know that episode? No. Oh. No, it was a bonk bonk episode. No, yeah, that was the bonk bonk episode. <laughs> it was called. Uh, Near... Used with the glass menagerie. Gotcha. Okay. Nineteen sixty six. He was in a lot of things: Tango and Cash, Scrooge, Roxanne, Bonnie and Clyde. He's uh, you know. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde's a big one. Well, he played well, a preacher a in a John Houston movie that I really liked. Like he was a real stubborn contrarian. Like it's a really cool movie. I wish I could remember the name, but he's in a bunch of stuff. Now you see how it didn't go into the shredder. Okay, you put on the audio, Mike. All right, with pleasure. Now we get Buddy Epson being fun. Well, I would like to take this opportunity just to say goodbye to you and to say that it's really been a pleasure working with you. Well, it's been a pleasure working with you too. Leave us. Well, uh, this might be the last trash barrel I ever empty. There's a contract out on my life. <laughs> I need six thousand dollars. Contract? Uh, you better have your lawyer check it. Jesus, Carlin, like not single-minded, right? Oh, Mike, you turned the audio off. I did turn it off. Yeah, enough of that. Well, Buddy said, "Contract, eh? You better have your lawyer check it. You don't want to lose that six thousand dollars." And that walks out. And then Stiller's like, good try, George Carlin, but you're going to die tonight. I was just going to say, George Carlin sounds like the type of guy who's like, hey, how's it going, George? Uh, I still have six. I owe six. Uh, yeah, I, I know. You mentioned that. Anything else? Well, yeah, I, I still owe $6,000. He's giving him like trash wisdom. Cover your food before you, you know, I don't know what to say. It's dumb. Oh, so it's good. now they're going to, I think, discover the memo. And like somebody's making an offer for Gaston Oil. So that means they have insider information that, you know, it'll open at $12. But then like as soon as that thing's announced, a bunch of people will buy it. It will go right. insider info. Oh, you can't say no to insider info. Except Ben Stiller wants to say no because it's totally illegal. Paul Brumba, did you ever do insider trading? Because he doesn't seem the type, Paul, right? He's a good guy. No, he says that he seems like an honest Eagle Scout up and up for up a cover. And that's what Excuse me, FCC. I found a pile of money in the corner and uh I think is it yours? <laughs> that was very, very good of you to return the money, Mike. You have good character. You're going to make a great adult, except you're going <laughs> to fall behind in our system. 
because it's built on criminality. Because, yo, this is like to the results of tomorrow's horse race. Oh, right, he's going to put it in George Carlin's speak. And so George Carlin's like, of course, could I save my life, you know, with that money? And he goes, yes, you could, but you can't. It's illegal. It's insider trading. Well, when it comes to jail or death, I'll pick jail. I love how, like, you know, they do that cross shot where they have the stand-in, like, stand, like, there's, there's the Ben Stiller stand-in while Carlin talks. Uh-huh. Like, for Ben, for Carlin, they must have found like a million guys that looked like him. Like this <laughs> dope father. <laughs> yeah. Stand. yeah. Stepfather Warren. Yeah. Every guy, every older guy I know. Yeah. Like From behind. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just need like a little ponytail and uh, like the overextended hippie hair. Oh yeah, no <laughs> problem. Yeah. Okay. I could think of a hundred guys like that. So he's talking him into it, save my life, and Stiller's going to agree. So they got to go to the broker, and of course they're going to pick love interest broker. Right. So Stiller is wearing a black shirt in that scene. He's getting his look back. Very nice, but he's too young to have a look yet. This is... But if you look at his movies, he dresses the same. You know, it doesn't matter what movie it is. It could be a night at the museum. It could be a tower heist. He's always wearing black. Mm-hmm. Zoolander. Zoolander. Zoolander number two. Now, this director, he did Girls Just Want to Have Fun with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, but his last credit is The Growing Pains movie, 2000, for TV. Growing Pains. Growing Pains. That, I don't that put was... your nail in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Alan Thicke one? Kirk Cameron? Uh, yeah. 1980. But uh, the film. Does they go to Branson, Missouri? I think we saw two Cameron films on our show. For Cameron, yeah, we saw Left Behind. Right. And we saw, um, oh, Saving Christmas. Kirk Cameron, Saving Christmas. Yep. Now, he was going to direct a Sam Kinison movie. Um, but it didn't work out. Uh, the production was shut down very early. They got to start filming some of it, and I bet you it's out there on YouTube or something. It was called A Took, A-T-U-K. Uh, uh-huh. Some guy, Mordecai R- Richler, and he made a novel. I don't know. That's the only thing interesting. I mean, he worked with uh, Sam Kinison and directed him early into filming. Yeah, well, that sounds interesting. Whoop de doo! The producer was Andrew Sugarman. <laughs> so <laughs> here we got a we got a shirt bet here, and we we're gonna pay cash and yeah. Yeah, so this is a funny bit. He's like, "Here it is, two thousand dollars," and she goes, "He he goes, yeah." She's like, "I can only open an account with two thousand dollars." He goes, "Here, it's all here," and he goes, "Well, we might be a little light." I, I bought like <laughs> some lottery tickets as a backup plan. So instead of her cheese Danish, she will give them the like dollar ninety eight they need or whatever it was. So wait, that makes her a millionaire as well. No, she would get the commission. Now it's just two thousand dollar investment, but out of it they're gonna make around twenty, twenty grand. 
Yeah, but doesn't that make her a partner? Yeah. Yeah, she's the broker. She doesn't know they have inside information. Right. She's just covering it because doesn't she say something like, uh, oh, you're a dollar short. He bought the lottery ticket. Oh, my Danish today. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. And it shows that, like, she has a crush on the janitor, uh, Ben Stiller. So now so his original elevator pitch must have worked. <laughs> yeah, they right. are now celebrating the, you know, he's not going to die. And and Ben Stiller's like, those mob guys always get so, look so depressed when they have to cancel a hit. Is this a Ben Stiller movie where his parents do not show up in it? Yep. Wow, what restraint. What restraint. He doesn't want to make it too obvious. Yeah. So they had a promotional photo. It was a big, large, like, threaded screw, and the caption said, Tonight, two working stiffs are going to do to Wall Street what it's done to us. Oh, screw us. Right? They don't do that in this movie. Yeah, no other stillers in this movie, but don't worry, there's at least one Polaroid commercial during the break. (laughs) Right. Is this like Trading Places in this movie? Nope. Nope. (laughs) It's not. Well, Trading Places had an adversary, right? You had the rich guys making the bet and then trying to screw it off, screw over the rich guys. Yeah, well, some of that is going on here. The bad guy is like uh, sucking out the money from their pension fund uh, into this like shell corporation that's really controlled by him. Foxhide, the movie Return. Next now, week. This money. Uh, in- yeah. Um, wait, do your promo. Such and such returns this week. Her- Herman Head returns. I'll do Herman's Head. All right, go ahead, Carl. I think I remember that. Was it animated? No, it was like uh, Hank Azaria and inside his head. Oh, no, no, his buddy, Hank uh, Herman. (laughs) George Wallace is wearing a flamingo hat. Uh Uh-huh. Now, look, Confidential, Shredder, Harlan's got another one. Because the shredder is evil, and the the secretary just won't use it. You see, so he's getting all these inside information things. Oh, what a but he's doing it behind the back of Ben Stiller. It's a very weird way this movie goes right now. George Carlin is the guy who's doing the trading with Susan, and not Ben Stiller. He's oblivious that it's happening at all. It's weird. Do so, they both go to jail though? At least. Uh, no, no, there's no jail. No, they're the heroes. No, they're, no, no, they're they going to be the bad guy. Mean in real life, he doesn't have knowledge of it happening. If we were actually considering movies being real life. Yeah. Listen, he can't be the good guy in this movie. He has to go to jail. No, he's, he's a good doing guy. He's criminal. No, he's the good guy. He no, won't we get the good guy. That he'll beat the bad guy who's mortgaged to the hilt. He's leveraged, son. Buddy Epson, as long as I never wear, have to wear overalls again in my yeah, life. Yeah, that's it. 
But he was in a bunch of movies. Wasn't he um, in Dreamscape? Was he the president? No, that was someone else. That was, uh, oh, no, that, was uh, Eddie that was Eddie Albert. That was Eddie Albert, yeah. Always get those white-haired guys mixed up. Yeah, from Green Acres. Yeah. Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Beep, 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 beep. You turn it off like right after the theme song. Like, okay, buddy, it's been like, like, <laughs> New York is where I click. <laughs> I just adore a click. Darling, I love you, but get. <laughs> yeah, make it do the theme song of uh, fucking Sweet Acres. That is hilarious. Oh, you're you're Zsa Zsa Gabor sounding like the queen. <laughs> I hate Hill Street Blues. I can barely make it to this do 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 click. Oh, the fucking theme song. <laughs> do, 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 worst, do, do, worst, okay, so what is your all-time haunting theme song that you can't get rid of in your head? Is it that one? Probably that would that's a high that's high up there for sure. So There's some really great ones that stick in your head, and that's what they were supposed to be, right? They were supposed oh, to be I, jingles. I actually have a theme song for this movie: Working Trash. <laughs> the, the Temptations did this uh, their theme song. Oh, in this movie, they got the Temptations. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking major TV. You see, back then, a TV movie wasn't. It, okay, rem, just flashback to 89. I know you guys remember. There right. was uh, Rabbit Ears and, you know, the movie of the week was a big deal. What were you going to, you know, going out to the movies cost money. This shit was free. When a good movie was on, you would spend, you know, Saturday night. Yeah, but the flip side is that they would have, like, such obscura. Like, this movie aired once. It aired once, right? Uh, yeah. And then but maybe, at a time when their viewership was, you know, tremendous. Yeah, but still, it's like it's 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 here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, if I go, if I miss out on Close Encounters, eventually it's going to hit video in seven years, but it's going to be back. You know, it'll be on TV. Yeah, you're right about that. Like I'm sure this plays somewhere. It has to. It's a property. It's it's a film. It's got stars. It's content. It could mm. build. It, you know, but. It's streamable. Yeah. Now, Ben Stiller, unfortunately, did not have the opportunity to look up her skirt. He was not low enough, and the skirt, you know, it didn't help that it was below, you know, the thaw, below the knee. So, um, he's a good That's guy. He's a good guy. That's yeah. what this movie's trying to tell us. Although that was a 14th take. <laughs> Wow, look hey, how clean New here. York is. My God, look how clean New York is. I know that. Yeah. yeah. You did? And cut, and then everything's oh. just back. There we go. <laughs> okay, so now there'll be a dumb comedic bit, which isn't funny. He's coming in dressed all richy, richy, rich. I suppose the bow tie and the shorts. Now he'll have to conceal it to Homer Simpson. Otherwise, it'll be clear he's got some source of income. Yes. 
So they're like going to be like, this isn't a Rolex watch. You see, it's a B. This is a fake watch. It's a Bolex. A Bolex watch. $7. It's a B. Oh, my God. Back when we still thought about watches. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, stick is over. And what? And it wasn't worth it. Uh, some things in this movie are pretty good, but and his comedic acting is all right too. Wasn't there an Ali Bill episode where he was the judge, Dan Castaneda, and it had to do with Bart Simpson and people dressed up as Bart Simpson in the jury? That's no, I'm the only Ali McBeal. Am I the only Ali McBeal head here? <laughs> I guess. I remember Ali McBeal, but only because the girl I was dating, I liked it. I, I remember watching the final episode, and then when it ended, I said, that's the end of that. <laughs> it can't, no more. Now, there's this weird section in this movie. It doesn't make any sense. Suddenly, the secretary is extremely sexually attracted to Ben Stiller. Uh, and Ben Stiller is either resisting or being oblivious, but he does like it. So he's going to fix the shredder. Oh, and no. That's, yeah, that's going to ruin George Carlin's little streak. Right, because it'll be all shredded. This now, is not good. Yeah. Now, what's weird is we'll never, ever have anything between Ben Stiller and the secretary again. This is like a bit or something. Well, it's more about the shredder, right? Yeah. He thinks, so, what are you, crazy? Yeah, right, exactly. And he's going to start hitting it. Break, damn it. Oh, man, don't get me started about the fax machine. <laughs> Just the fax, ma'am. That's the worst fax machine when you put it in a shredder. Yeah. Oh, fucked it up again. <laughs> I can't do anything right. Hello, Mr. Spiegelman. I received your fax, but it's all smushed up and scrambled. It's all in little spaghetti forms. It's yeah. Did you mean for us to take <laughs> for spaghetti forms, Mr. Spiegelman? Okay. Damn it! I set my fax to shred. God damn it! <laughs> now there's not a shred of evidence of fact of factual evidence. There's not a shred of facts. You will Okay, never mind. So okay. these guys are really ben, screwed. Ben Stiller's learning that George has been trading in in the, with Susan. So now he's like furious. You see how that happens in movies all the time? The elevator, you go yeah. through the elevator and it closes. You know elevators don't work like that. Everybody knows that. It would have been funny what? if he put his hand in to try to like open the door and it took off his arm. That would have been that funny. That would be funny. Yeah, that's oh, like a spear. Yeah. Every time you put your wave your hand in front of an elevator, there's a part of you that go, "You are a fucking idiot," because it could close <laughs> on you right now. You know, like yeah, and then you're gonna go. That's gonna be like a Three Stooges film where your arm goes up and you go up, and yeah, yeah, Bam. Like it works fine in real life. I mean, in TV. Now this scene is like showing Ben Stiller. How many people have profited from this, you know, like, it sounds like, you know, all this insider trading, it means it's pumping money into the lives of people who need it. The George Wallace's kid has braces. 
Right. Uh, you know, funding the church. God bless you, sir. You know. And, yeah. What is there's a nun in the basement? Yeah. Weird basement. That's where uh, I keep mine. M Mindy Sterling invited her over. Her character's really Catholic. Really Catholic. Wow. Yeah, they go, how many women do you have in your basement? And I go, none. <laughs> right. And it's not like they can't arrest you. You were being honest. Totally. The only sex the preacher could have was none. Yeah. The only the only meat that the preach the priest could eat on Good Friday was not Good Friday. None. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> how many more how many yeah. more none jokes can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Stacy Keaton was his name and Up and Smoke did the nun joke? The only sex the preacher could have? I think so. Sergeant Sedenko. Yes, Sergeant Sedenko. Poor Sergeant so, Sedenko turned into a lizard. And, and uh, that was kind of, you know, that was a really strong lead. That was like the second or third one or whatever. I think it was the third. Nice dreams. The bride turns into a lizard. And that was also in Stephen King's uh, Thinner. Oh, the guy gets so thin he turns into a lizard? Yeah, like the, the, the gypsies put a curse on all of them. And this guy's slowly turning into a reptile. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But our journey was with the thinner guy. Richard Bachman. When the mind of Richard Bachman comes the running man. It's a man who's running. Then later comes thinner. Ask us the plot. <laughs> He gets thinner. He's you know, a nail kind of a nail on the head kind of guy. I gotcha. That thinner movie was um <laughs> Oh man. The greatest part was when he was like, I'm gonna give you the curse of the white man from town. I mean the whole movie is worth watching for that scene. They laugh at him, you know, and he, yeah. he but he says it with such intensity and fury the second time around that the head gypsy guy is like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know. I just remember, like, the guy wore, like, this fat suit that was, like, and all fat suits. Mm -hmm. Like, he looked like he was a spawn clown or something. Right. It, it really was uh, obviously put on so that he could lose the weight, but yeah. he suspend disbelief. So what's happening in our movie now is Ben Stiller's been con convinced, okay, this is for good reasons. So instead, I'm going to be the brain trust of our little group, and I will do all the investing. It's all completely legitimate. We can't insider trade never again. It's a so weird his, turn for the movie to take, but again, it's doing it. Well, he always wanted to be a broker, Carl. Right, and that's the point in the movie. It's going to prove that he can do it. And he can and he can bang Marie Callender or whatever whoever she is. Marie Callender. I don't know. Let's see. I, I love her pot pies. Oh my god, a little Philly, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so she was on the Fox television series Twenty Four. Um, our love interest. Her name's Leslie Hope. Um, yeah, I remember her from something current, even current. Yeah, she looks pretty good there. Yeah, and she's she very even better now, considering I guess because she looks really close to that now. Well, she's really done up though. I mean, she's got the perfect coiffed '80s hair and look yeah. at the makeup and you know just the tasteful earring, and she's you know, right. 
Look at the right. implied low cleavage. I Why are you guys not looking? You should be looking at Stiller with his puppy dog eyes. Whoa! What? Now she coincidentally was in Outrageous Fortune. Oh, our bed, our uh, George Carlin movie. Yeah. I think people get cast all the time together, especially in Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, right. Well, uh, so Carlin was a. Crimson Peak, do you know that? It's the ghost movie. Yeah, sure. I like that movie. That's a haunted house movie. And Men at Work with uh, the brothers. Yeah, the Estevez, Sheen. I just saw part of that the other night, and I'm like, I, I, I remember watching that so much on late night television, but then Does I only got about a half hour of it the other day, and I was like, I forgot all those. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching Loaded Weapon. I forgot that Emilio Estevez was a movie star. Right, he was. He's a film director, and his films aren't that interesting. But he makes his, you know, he's able to get his little passion projects out. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, oh, we're going to redo uh, Mighty Ducks, and we have Emilio Estevez. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, score. Dizzy, Dizzy's reviving something I did. The scary thing is he's the most, uh, he's probably the more affluent Sheen Estevez there is now. Charlie Sheen. The only Charlie Sheen I know of is my the the shatter I just bought called Charlie Sheen. Oh really? Yeah. Shatter? Nice. Yeah. I think his best movie was The Sheening. The Sheening. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know what? We're gonna have to like get you down to like three puns an hour, Carl. Yeah, Let's be reasonable. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was in a sitcom called Anger Management for over a hundred episodes. I'm not worried about the guy. So right now, Ben is going to ask her to go to a gathering of the stock market. You know their little group, and uh, it's basically a date. And the guy who's driving the cab, he's got to be a stand-up comedian or something. He's like, ask her on the date, pal. But I can't find him in my research. Oh, you know who that is. Who is it? Can't tell. Hold on. Hear his voice. Good night. We're also asking you which fun's having a little get together this morning. Maybe you want to come along. Friday night. Yeah. You know, if you can't make it, I understand because. Friday. I'd love to. What time? Sounds great. Congratulations. Now, can we get out of here? Let's go. Can we get out of here? Total, total New Yorker. Didn't look like Ben Bailey at all. <laughs> ben Bailey <laughs> from uh, that cab show, Cash Cab. You know, I just I hate to see him get typecast. Hey, I don't want name drop. We follow each other on, on Twitter. I got to tell you, when I hear a, a voice like that, like your ear goes, "Gosh, listen to that <laughs> New York, right?" And my right. my ear is like, "Yeah, it's you know, it's just a guy talking." Just a guy. Yeah, yeah, it's Just a normal, regular it? guy. Come on, can we get can we get going, please? Can we get out of here? Is <laughs> this the dude? Oh no. oh no! Look out! It's a pratfall. Get off me, you idiot! I'm so sorry. I'm using the remote. <laughs> a dustbuster. I understand technology. Uh, has some hiccups. Now. As far as this film goes, this scene is ill-placed. It doesn't advance the plot at all, and we've seen this before. 
right? Yeah, but it has more Dan Castanetti in it. <laughs> okay. And yeah. they have to justify that budget for the siren light thing. Yeah, right. Art. Now, Buddy will give a big tip to, uh, but it's it's not insider training. It's just feels it in his cojones. Does he really say cojones? No, I think he uses the term. California raisins. In living color the first year, and in living color the best of it, and living color will not be seen tonight, and so Fox can present a movie of the week. Cops will not be seen for the next four hours as right. Fox will presents. <laughs> Married with children will not be seen tonight, so we can take a fucking breather. <laughs> Uh, from the makers of Beverly Hills 90210, it's Buddy Epson 80. Yeah. <laughs> BC. 90210 BC. What a good shot that is. The lighting. Stand by the ship. Oh, a little dance step. Hey, so, uh, this director did easy money, man. Give him some credit. Right. Yeah. So this guy, no, he didn't do easy money. He did um, Back to School. Which Back to School. Oh, yeah, the school. other one better in my opinion back to school but okay so now clampett has given him uh his hit not an inside information but he's investing this you should too and it's going up so now we're having a very uncharismatic charismatic no screen chemistry at all lovey lovey thing between the two of them looks like they got caught Right, they got caught by a bad guy who thinks he's rival love interest, but she's not interested in him. He's still wearing the Jenner suit. How funny is that? Like, are they generous during the day? Wouldn't they wait till after work? Uh, it's all over the place in this movie. They're they're laughing at his expense now, and. Uh, I don't know. It's Flirt City. It's like, it's inevitable. They're going to be together, and they're liking it. He's just a janitor. Right, exactly. What the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> you piece of trash. You know, the trans you know that you're familiar with the Transamerica building, right, in San Francisco? Mm -hmm. The one in Grand Theft Auto you could jump off uh, from? So there's a service entrance. I was catering there, and I wasn't allowed to go into the main entrance. I had to go to the service entrance. Uh -huh. So, I mean, like, if you're a janitor of this brokerage firm, I'm sure it's the same deal. So did you have to go, like, on one of those uh, lifts, you know, the um, uh, where it has to have an operator? No, I had to walk out of the lobby, walk around the corner, and go in through another door, and then go up some staircase. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. You were a servant. Right. I was a janitor. I was George Carmen janitor. Right. Compared to, uh... Okay, so now we're beginning to learn about the pension fund is always losing money. Are we Are we sick of this film? <laughs> I am sick of this film. This film has nothing going on. It's like not even 20 minutes into it. So let's talk about some of the people. Uh... Sure. Okay, so... I mean, there's no... We've we got to see, like, the hit squad or something. He's 
Yeah. Not enough violence for me. <laughs> violence. No one's got hurt. Sometime in this movie, we'll have peril, the danger of violence, but no violence. Now, does someone get like a pie in the face? <laughs> no. I want you to tell me what movies your buddy from Star Trek's on because I want to know what what movie that I'm remembering him from. Was he in Blade Runner? No, I know who you're thinking of. William Sanders. I'm thinking of William Sanders. Okay, wait. I think Michael J. Pollard is this the guy we're talking about. Our Star Trek connection. Right. Scrooge. He was in Scrooge. The big deal in that one. Okay, so that's maybe it. He was in Roxanne. He was in Dick Tracy. Oh, there it is. Roxanne. Roxanne. Okay. And they're laughing. <laughs> he's the one. He's the, he's the goofy guy from the fire station. He's one of the firemen. Yeah. The coolest credit is the Wild Angels, 1966. He was one of the riders, you know, one of the. Oh, Andrew Laughing is Carl's. Uh... Uh, Reiner's memoirs about being a TV writer, comedy writer. Like uh, on my show of shows. You know what? I'm going to watch it. I'll put it in my Netflix. Oh, no, don't do it. Then you're going to be like Spiegelman. Well, that, well, listen, don't. I'll recommend <laughs> movies. Yeah, you should. No, definitely recommend movies, but be serious. Think about the guy who's going to have to do it. You saw it once. You're like, yeah, you should see it. Man, I saw some garbage. <laughs> I never said it was going to be good. It's, no, it's but it. that's what I mean. Like, have a little compassion, dude. <laughs> you don't have time. You got to mail it. You got to get right. the mail. You got to open up the mail. You got to put it into the. You mean I... when you actually say, oh, you should see it? You actually... Yeah, and then Carl reads it. Like, he reads the DVD and then he, like, plays it. He... Finally get the DVD, puts it in, and like two hours later, it's a terrible movie. Well, Carl's like the most optimistic moviegoer. Like, you could watch this 131 minutes and 42 seconds and go, oh, there was a couple good, you know, lines by Buddy Up. <laughs> yeah. Carl is the I'm most like, optimistic. Really? Holy smokes, you are a champ. You're taking one for the team, literally and figuratively. <laughs> You are the most optimistic movie viewer. You've been re-watching Joker going, maybe this time. Maybe this time. Well, nope. the thing is, you 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 say like, okay, we're doing munchies next week, and so it's like you just launched me on f like four viewings of munchies. You know, at least okay. it was Roger Corman. That's a bad example, right? There's other ones though. But think of all the movies collectively, just between us three. You can think of any guests that you have on from week to week. But I mean, just think collectively, even between you two. How many really shitty movies you've watched in your lifetime? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you, and then you're nice enough, Mike, to go, hey, Carl, let's go <laughs> back and revisit it. Yeah, you should really check out T-Rex with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And then Carl Watts is like, no. So what, have you guys <laughs> seen the one with Whoopi Goldberg called Phone Booth? I've I seen the, the telephone. Directed by the Rick telephone. Taylor. Okay, the telephone. Yeah, I have seen that. That's a he, she's in the Marcadero uh, apartments, the old ones under the uh, the freeway, the Marcadero freeway. I have that on VHS, and it's just sitting there in a cabinet. Well, you have to watch it. It's a uh, it's directed by Rip Taylor, the actor. Uh, Rip Torn, Rip Torn, the Rip actor. Torn, not Rip Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, and she's on the phone. Fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Rip Torn. Not I Taylor. love him. 
Okay, but it's is arrested in at his. Oh, okay, okay, wait, because Rip Torn is the guy from Stanling Show, right? Jerry right, Stanley. he's already. But so he's... Rip Taylor is the one that's over the top from like uh, whatever Match Game and all that stuff, right? He's, yeah, we no, watched him in the movie look, Chatterbox. Look what George Carlin did to his house. Okay, remember this oh, is the, the fountains and the lights. So Jersey. Is he from hey, New man, that was a big budget for yes. Clock back in. That, that's 1990 with LED lighting. <laughs> yeah. Now he I was making seriously fun of... doubt it was LED. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. Wow, it's fancy. Look, he looks like the Joker. The Riddler. Uh, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want that suit. Needs to have dollar bills on it like that guy. Needs to have big old cannabis leaves on it. Yeah, that's right. Now, the wife, she's a stand-up. She was, like, on Night Court once and Seinfeld once and Wings once. You know, she, she's one of she, – she was on The Nanny, you know, The Diagnosis Murder, L.A. Law. She's better. She looked better before she they dressed her up. Yeah, I thought so too, except for that scene wow. of curlers. All right. Well, uh, you know, I have a thing for those curlers from like Tony Orlando and Don. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bigger the curler, the bigger. Well, you know what I'm going with. Yeah. That. Look at that red cap, sir. Can you take your mega hat off, please? Yeah. <laughs> You're not at work right now. This is like Mar Margot Lago. Wouldn't that be kind of funny to like screenshot that and put, you know, put a mega hat on them? Yeah. Even Michael J. Palmer. Look, I'm I'm a his comedic point. Oh my god, this is a TV movie dragging it out to the stretching point. I'll throw in a musical number. Well they're they they paid a lot of money for this party on screen, so they're gonna have their party. They're gonna have their party. See it's all choreographed. Look how That's much That's kinda cool. They literally just moved craft services to the middle of the set. <laughs> Now, now, Fox they aired from eight to ten, right? And then they had local news. It was, it was a little different from, let's say, uh, three hours of broadcast uh, television. And well, right. everything did eight to ten, and then at ten o'clock there was like a lull until eleven late night shows. But then, but it, but say ABC and the networks would have a show at ten o'clock. But and Fox they stopped would. at ten, and then they had yeah, most of the time it was news. But then, like you said, there was late night Fox. There was things like. Um, uh, Chevy Arsenio. Chase. Arsenio. Arsenio. Arsenio that was uh, syndicated. It was. Oh, that wasn't Channel 5, Fox? It might have aired on a Fox network, but it was, oh, okay. it was through syndication. Yeah, because out here in the Bay, it was on KBHK, Channel 44. There's the um, uh, Dancing Machine. What is her name? Pia? Pia Zadora? Pia? No, no. Pia. Remember oh. we did Dancing Machine, Carl and Mike's Party Machine? Mike? All right. Basically what's happening is the Riddler's up there and he's giving a big speech. We've made a lot of money. We have Ben Stiller to thank for it. And, you know, it's also the night in which Ben Stiller and, and uh, Susan will fall in love. It's just a great night for everyone. Nothing bad in sight. Which always, which always means everything bad insight. Yeah. 
It seems like a ripoff of Tower Heist. Did you see Tower Heist? Or the Tower Ghost Shake Heist. Deck? This came out very 1990. <laughs> yeah. It's the same. They're they're robbing from the rich. They're help their. They're uh, not. They're investing. No, they're not. They're investing in the stock market. They are not robbing from the rich. No, they're gonna take like a gold brick uh, car right. pedal and dangle then it out down. of a window. Literally, all they did was put the tower heist on the ground. That's all I'm saying. And they're gonna mail a gold steering wheel to that retired guy, and he's gonna cry when he opens it. Oh, now I can retire. Alan Alda. You should oh, yeah. you get a little alarm that goes whoop whoop spoiler alert whoop whoop spoiler alert. That's probably the best Trump movie out there, Tower Heist, right? Because it was Trump Tower, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm just so glad that Trump didn't put his name on the side of the White House. Was that actually considered <laughs> like something he would? Yeah, he slipped that in there, right? Oh, and another news, we're going to chase up. We're going to put Trump's name on the side. Okay. As soon as he left, he put his uh, his bedroom on um, Airbnb. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Only been slept in once. They're getting some good mileage out of this nun, right? Like, it's the third scene is nun. Right. Well, the thing is that there's the children's orphanage, and they've actually made a mortgage. And so he's giving her, her the check so that the it's owned free and clear by the church. That's great. What a great guy. What a great guy. Such an edgy movie. Yeah. So I guess it is a movie. It started off with like uh, credits and then... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and actors and everything. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if our idea, our concept is a good idea, Carl. You know, like some movies are just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, it's a good Bad idea because from the there's, start. No, there's no way you can watch this movie on your own. The fact that you did this a couple of times. You know, Who wrote this movie? Uh, Corvidal. <laughs> um, this was written by three guys, Joe Kirkland, John Connolly, and David Luca. David Luca was the one who wrote um, Eddie, but with Whippy Goldberg. Right. He wrote The House at the End of the Street with Jennifer Lawrence. I saw that film. I, it wasn't the greatest film, but he wrote it. and it, it was, was it a horror film? Yes, it had a twist at the end. It was like a psychological horror, not nothing metaphysical. It was uh, just a crazy guy. Gotcha. Like the calls coming from inside the house kind of thriller. He wrote The Dream Team, which starred Michael Keaton, Christopher. Now, I like that movie. <laughs> That's they're like they're crazy, but they're in New York and they're in New York. Peter yeah. Boyle's in it. So now they're yeah, just they're... gonna fall in love, fall in love, fall in. Despite the name of that movie, I lost a lot of basketball money on betting on them. The Dream Team, yeah. Yeah, they were not the same Dream Team. Their whole thing was they were trying to get to the city to watch a baseball game or a basketball game or something. And it was their adventure. It was more about the voyage than the destination. Yeah, exactly. Ah, life. I don't think you can get away with a movie like that. They're crazy, Asterix. Uh, Legally, we'd like to state that. So wait, it's fading out, but we still have 27 minutes left of credits? No way. No, No, we're not. 
we're it's just love and the night is love and everything is love they bought a dolly they rented a dolly for that night and they need to use it you can see the cameraman trying to escape they could have totally you know jumped into a time machine and borrowed my my uh my um uh, what is it called speaking of time machine there's the world trade center oh uh, look at that another night court scene twin towers <laughs> Twin Towers. We had a Twin Tower sighting. Oh, yes, they are. There they are. Oh, wait. Sorry. Look at Twin Towers. Kissy, kissy. He's still wearing an outfit. Is he in the office? He's in the office. Yes. It's his job. It's Monday morning or some crap. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, there goes the collar. Now you can be like George. Now you be like George. So they're together and a couple now. I mean, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? The boss. The mob. The insider trading. The insider trading. She's gonna break it. Is she gonna discover that they've been inside trading? Bingo. And she's gonna think that it was him. And we know he's he's innocent of that. Yeah, it was George. Harlan. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. I told you never to come down in my little dark closet. Well, that's uh, right. Never, he's going to discover a classified memo. And then he's going to admit he did it once to save Ralph's life. Ralph Dawatsky. So does George Garland. Right, because he what? owes six thousand dollars. Did I tell what? you I owe six thousand dollars a book? Have I mentioned that I sold? Yeah, that's the 6,000. Okay, George, please, George, George. Please turn to page six of the script. Yes, Mr. Carlin, you'll note it. I owe $6,000. <laughs> Correction. Please pop collar and repeat after me. Yeah, I owe 6,000. Continue. <laughs> George, continue. Dollars to the. Sorry, I had to flip the page. Get him back. So Ben Silver became a big deal, right? So he did his TV show, which I always liked, but it was very inside. Like, well, there's the confidential envelope that should have been shredded. Yup, exactly. Now she knows something. His back was turned. Uh, he just changed her mood. Something's going on. Mr. Alda, you ripped off the pension. What about everyone who works in the basement of the tower? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck up, kid. But there's no parallels. It's like, that show is great. It's like, I, I got to get all the people back together. We're going to heist. I wonder where they're working. I'm working at Shake Shack. I'm working at the M&M store. I'm working at Planet Hollywood. All right. Now that we visited those locations, it's time to continue with this movie. <laughs> we collect cast members like trinkets in a uh, treasure hunt. Or what is it called? Yeah, treasure hunt. What, what's it yeah. called? Scavenger hunt. What is it? Scavenger. Scavenger hunt. Thank you. That's national treasure. Well, look at that. Peter has a ticket tape on it. Now they're having their first fight. Is that the right way to say it? She's learning about she the, you know. Like she's been there 
popping birth control pills like M&M's. Right, and a cigarette. That's the best way to wash them down. <laughs> is the director's way of saying, I don't care. Get lost. But she's gone cold. He's gone cold. Oh, they really didn't care. She has one of her little locks sticking down weird. That would have hurt me. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Get that fucking, oh, excuse my language, get that lock thing off. Come on. Harlan's not here. You can finally think. Peace and quiet. <laughs> In 1989, the road and a night live All right, Carl, you're scuba diving. You're scuba diving, Carl. Oh. I'll plug into the router. You keep talking. Okay. I'll plug into That was way better. So, okay, 1989, I don't know. I was about as, about as busy as Ben Stiller. Back in 89? Yeah, what was I doing in '89? I was working at a at a deli called Jan's Manhattan West. Huh. I guess I guess that was West California. Yeah, like as in West Coast. Yeah, she was from Manhattan apparently, so she had to come out here and try to do foo foo, try to do a, a Manhattan deli in California in 1989. It was I never understood that. Yeah, didn't work. Yeah. Okay, I'm back well, in it's like, yeah, Just make sandwiches. You know, it's funny because I did a, a, did a storytelling show a couple of weeks ago and I told yeah. this that place. Just remember, I did, yeah, the formative years. What were you doing in 1989, Mike? Where'd he go? I don't know. Okay, Carl, what were you doing in 1989? I was living in Manhattan in a five-story walk-up at York and 78th Street, and it was a great time. Great time of my life. Making music, trying to be a rock star. <laughs> what happened? What happened to that place, Carl? Why'd you throw it away? What? What? I didn't throw anything away. Why'd you ruin it? Why, what happened to your dreams, Carl? Oh, that? Oh, well, uh, in 1990, mom was like, college, college. And I was like, but I, I college, college. Fucking okay. And I moved home to Montclair, New Jersey. Nice. Yeah. And then we hung out. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. started fish burgers. Yeah. <laughs> 91, 92, something like that. I guess Kroll started it. Okay, anyway. What's going on right now is he's discovered them snooping around, trying to figure out how he's siphoning off the the uh, pension fund, and basically he's going to fire them because he's caught them. Carlin's like, "What we're doing, sir? It's it's called pre-cleaning. You see, <laughs> we preemptively, you know, he's always on." George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, like, Carlin, like, he had a, a sitcom on Fox, right? It was, like, yeah. he had a show called Carlin's Corner. And then it was, like, the George Carlin show. And it's amazing, like, you forget the legacy of these comedians that they've done plenty of television shows and plenty of sitcoms. You just don't remember, you know. 
Yeah, it's strange because that used to be the natural progression of things. So before you were known, you had to get your set on Johnny Carson, then you had to be called over to the couch, and then you got your sitcom. You look at people like Tim Allen with Home Improvement. Right. Well, I think of Freddie Prince Jr. Or Freddie Prince, I should say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chico and the Man. It was based off of Carlin's uh, stand-up set. But then, you know, you hit your prime, and it's like, by the time Carlin had his show, it, was, it didn't matter if it succeeded or not, if anyone remembered it. It was product, you know. It yeah, wasn't. Was, um, people, I, think some, I think some people, you know, like most of the time, you think of these people, they, they take the stuff from their act. Um, you know, like everybody loves Raymond. All that stuff was supposedly, you know, from his act, from his yeah. joke. You know, you take one joke and you turn it into an episode. So in the right. George Carlin show, he was a New York City taxi cab driver. That's always going into a bar. Didn't he have like a family as well? Yeah, or like family. He was like a, he lived in a like a your typical walk up in New York City kind of thing. Gotcha. Sharon was his is his daughter. Sharon. Kelly. Kelly. His actual daughter, Kelly Carlin, is his daughter Kelly. in that show. Gotcha, Kelly Carlin. That's it. Oh right. Well, he's out there today. Yeah, she's doing her own podcast, and yeah, matter of fact. So is our buddy. Our buddy has moved from New York out to Patrick. L.A. Patrick Pat. Carlin? Yeah, I'm still yeah. here. He went to Los Angeles? Yeah, he moved to LA um yeah the, his his wife of 60 years passed away in March I oh wow so Marlene Carlin was like the greatest lady you'll ever even hear about but anyway so she passed away in March he moved out to LA now he's doing his own podcast it's called um uh, Patrick's 